Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Welcome tonight. As the kids are going over to their classes, it reminds me that I'd like to make a quick announcement. If you have a kid, a child that is entering kindergarten, if you or entering second grade or entering sixth grade this year, promotion is coming up. And so if you have not gotten that information, just go to the check-in desk at Tree Kids and we'll make sure that you get that information. It's a really big day when they promote up into that next age group. We're going to jump right into Galatians tonight. The series has been called Journey of Grace. And I want to review and recap just a little bit of what the guys, the first five chapters that they have been preaching on on the Wednesday nights. And I was going to say we're going to wrap it up, but you know, I started thinking that we're not really going to wrap it up because that kind of implies that we've wrapped it up, tied it with a bow, and we set it up on a shelf, and that's not what we're going to do. We're actually going to unwrap it. Because God wants us to apply it and use it. We're not going to wrap it up. We're going to unwrap it. We're going to bring it on home. And it's interesting how even the Catalyst series on Sundays, things like that are tying in because God is is amazing just like that. You know, when you unwrap something, it reminded me we had a baby shower for one of our staff members uh, recently. And I don't know if any of y'all have had kids, but if you think back maybe to that first kid and you had that first baby shower and you get all these gifts and you're just like, I don't even know what this thing does. Right. And then you get home and you realize someone that's been ahead of you knows what it does and they know you needed it. And so they have gifted it to you and you're going to unwrap it. So that's what we're going to be doing tonight. It also made me think about, um, using things that we have. And one tool that we have at home, it's called Nest. And um, I don't know if you have that, but it's, it's this really great um, air conditioning, heating thing. And I, there's even an app on your phone for my phone. So I can even change the air conditioner from right here. But if I don't know how to use it, and it took me a little while, just like it took me a while to learn Office 365, but I'm getting there. And it's gonna be an awesome tool for us all. Before we start, let's get into prayer. Father, I just thank you so much for the powerful words that were even sung tonight, that were declared tonight. Father, when they marched around Jericho and it says that they shouted and the walls came down, I don't know what they shouted, but I know that now we can just shout the name of Jesus and those walls just fall down. Father, we are forever free. You are our freedom. Your love has set us free. So we declare, God, that we will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. So Galatians 6, Journey of Grace. I titled this one, Never Going Back. Never Going Back. I could have titled it, We'll Never Be the Same, or We're Forever Changed. So we're gonna start in Galatians. So I brought a child's Bible today because I actually forgot mine because I have it all printed out. And then I thought, you know what? We need a Bible up here. So if you have your paper Bible and you maybe you don't know where Galatians is, it's in the New Testament. So in the Bible, there's the Old Testament with all this great information about Jesus coming and all the stuff. We're actually gonna be talking about a little bit of the Old Testament. And then you get over into the New Testament 
And it's almost towards the end because the New Testament's not near as thick. So it's about the eighth or ninth book in, you go past the gospels and you just keep going a little bit further and you'll hit Galatians. You could also use a Bible app, which is really nice. Um, and you can use your live notes if you have that app as well. Galatians has one of the best explanations in scripture of how God saves mankind. He says, it's not about the law. It's not about works. It's not anything about we, what, anything that we do, but it's all about what Jesus did. Now, one thing that's really interesting to me in Galatians is Paul isn't writing this to unbelievers to explain to them what salvation is. He's actually writing it to believers, to followers, to correct some um, errors in what they were teaching. He was writing to the saved about how to be saved. And I think that's pretty significant. He was pretty passionate about it because they were having to unlearn some things. I don't know if y'all were raised in a church like this. I was not, I was raised in a Christian home, but I wasn't raised to believe everything that we believe here. And it's taken me quite a while to unlearn some things so that I can step into what God has called us to do. So you might have something you're needing to unlearn tonight. Maybe you believe something about salvation that's maybe incorrect. Maybe you believe it is about what you do. It's about how good you are, what rules you follow. But I'm here to tell you tonight, that's not it at all. The whole book is about salvation and how to receive it because it's important. He wants to take us back to God's original plan and purpose and restore the relationship that God originally intended. So I kind of divided the book into two sections. Chapters one through five, which is what the guys have already talked on, is really the definition of grace or the definition of salvation. So what we're gonna work on tonight is the demonstration the demonstration of it. Paul spent a considerable amount of time defining it and explaining it, actually trying to convince them and tell them what, is, what they were doing wrong so that they could learn to live it out. So let's recap just a few minutes. In your live notes, you can start right there. This is where we pick up. Chapter one and two, that's kind of Paul's story. What happened to him, how he was called, what he did, what he studied, who he talked to, what God revealed to him, that's chapters one and two. Pastor Joshua taught on chapter one. And one of his main points was, know who called you. Know who called you, know the God who called you. Don't just know the Bible, but know the God of the Bible, right? From what you were called and to what you were called. Know what you were called from and know what you were called to because they're two very different things. Chapter two, Pastor Cody, he went into um, legalism versus grace, the works, the law versus grace that we have in Jesus. Chapters three and four, it really contrasts the Old Testament, the New Testament, law and grace, faith versus works. He even talks about circumcision. He gives lots of examples and illustrations that they would have understood. Abraham, Moses, he goes through all of this stuff. Chapter three, Pastor Joshua taught on redeemed from the curse. Redeemed from the curse. And chapter four, Pastor Dave, his title I think was no longer slaves, kind of like we sang tonight. We're no longer held captive to anything. Not even just the law or the rules, but we're not held captive to our emotions. We're not held captive to depression. We're not held captive to anger. We can control, well, God can control our emotions, right? He said this, our good can't justify us and our bad doesn't condemn us because it's not about us. And this is my favorite thing he said. He said, grace appeared. And things don't appear, people appear. 
So grace is a person, and we're gonna come back to that in a minute. And then last week, Pastor Rob talked on chapter five, and this is kind of his synopsis. Grace gives us the strength to run the right race. Grace is God giving us his favor. He talks a lot in chapter five about about circumcision, this right, this act of initiating non-Jews into the Jewish faith because it was a symbol of the whole controversy. And he lays the groundwork for a very clear understanding of salvation. Everyone enters into salvation with God by grace through faith, bottom line. Now, when Paul writes in here, he's actually pretty angry at how they're leading others astray. He says, there's no other gospel I love this. He says, let's be clear so there's no misunderstanding. He's pretty emphatic about it. He says, any rule-keeping system is not freedom. Any rule-keeping system is not freedom. And so I was thinking of in our series in Tree Kids, I almost brought the emoji anger up today to show you because you know what? That's what we taught on last week. We realized that anger, it's an emotion that God gave us and he wants us to use it in the right way. The kids learned Jesus was angry And here, Paul was angry. He was angry because they were leading someone astray. That's the right way, the scriptural way to use anger. Be mad about that, be angry about that. When you try to live by your own religious plans and projects, oh, I love this part. I took it out of, I think this is maybe from the message version. It says, when you try to live by your own religious plans and projects, you are cut off from Christ, you fall out of grace. Now I've heard before talking about falling out of grace, but that's not what I heard. What I heard was if I do something wrong, maybe I lost my grace, maybe I lost my salvation, maybe I fell out of grace, but that's not what the Bible says. The only way we fall out of grace is when we stop trusting what God did and trust in what we're working out. He says this, for in Christ, neither our, I love this part, neither our conscientious religion nor disregard of religion amounts to anything. That one struck me pretty hard. Even disregarding religion, that amounts to nothing. What amounts is something far more interior, faith expressing itself in love. And then at the end of chapter five, he starts changing from explaining what it is to explaining to telling us how, how to live it out. Because what you learn on Sunday better affect your Monday. It better affect your Sunday afternoon with your kids. If it's not, what are we doing here? Tonight, let this resonate. Go back back and listen to the guy's sermons and put it all together in this package and then learn how to live it and apply it because it needs to matter to someone tomorrow. And he tells us all of these things, don't let any of these rules confuse you or distract you. And I read this story about uh, this guy in the Soviet Union that they were having a lot of petty theft going on. And so to curtail that, they set up some um, guards around the factories. And it was a, a timber yard in Leningrad and one guard knew the workers pretty well. So there was this one guy coming out, his name was Peter Petrovich. And he was pretty suspicious because Peter comes out rolling this wheelbarrow and he's like, what do you got in there? He goes, ah, oh, it's just some shavings, just some sawdust. He's like, yeah, right, I know you. That's not what it is. Dump it all out. So he dumps it all out. Sure enough, that's all it was, shavings and sawdust. He's like, okay, go home. Next day, here comes Peter, another wheelbarrow right here. What do you got now? Are you tricking me? 
He's like, no, it's shavings and sawdust. You're enough. Every day for a week. Finally, the guard says, Peter, I know you're smuggling something out. What is it? He goes, wheelbarrows. <laughs> so watch the wheelbarrows and don't get distracted by all that. What's your sawdust? I wrote this down. What is distracting you from receiving and living out your salvation in grace and freedom? Paul's final chapter in Galatians, Galatians recaps the importance of never going back to that. Pastor Dave said grace appeared. He said grace is a noun. Tonight I want to tell you that's true, but grace is also a verb. Because now we're going to get into the demonstration. It's going to be a lot of verbs tonight. All those blanks on your fill in the blanks, they're all just verbs, but don't try to guess. So chapter six. Now I will tell you this, I tend to use a lot of different translations and mesh them all together so they say something kind of cool. When, I, uh, when Christine was working in Faith Factory with me in Tree Kids, she would call it the first Trishathy version that I wrote it myself for the kids to try to explain it. So I did a little bit of first Trishathy tonight, but we are in Galatians. This is how it starts. You can join with me in your Bible app or in your Bible. Brothers and sisters, if anyone is caught in a sin, let's just stop right there. It doesn't say go catch them in a sin. It says if they're caught in a sin. You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. The New Living Translation says it this way. If they're overcome by a sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path, saving your critical comments for yourself, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness. And the voice uh, translation says it this way. If one of your faithful has fallen into a trap and is snared by sin, don't stand idle and watch his demise. We're here to help each other. But watch yourselves or you might also be tempted. You might be needing forgiveness before the day is out. That's the way the message translates that. So your first blank is to restore. Restore. You could say forgive. I have a a comic that I asked Abby to put up. I used to be a math teacher and so I like math comics. It says, I tell you not seven times seven, but 70 times seven. Great, not only do I have to forgive, I also have to do math. And then it's the tagline, because it's easier than math. Math is hard, just forgive. But you know what? Restoring is a little bit more than even just forgiving. Jesus is better at forgiving than we are at sinning. This is the way Pastor Don, this is not exact translation, but this is kind of what he says to me often. I'd rather trust God's grace to fix it than my power to get it right every time. I'd rather trust God's grace to cover it, to fix it, than my power to get it right every time. We're only in verse two. Carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. It says, stoop down and reach out to those who need help. If you think that you're too good for that, you're badly deceived. You are not that important. Get over yourself. Don't be impressed with yourself. I wrote this down. I saw this quote somewhere. It says, no one ever choked on swallowing their own pride. Get over yourself. You're not that important. 
fulfill the law of Christ. Now, not the law, he fulfilled that law. The law of Christ is the law of love. He showed us how to do it. Our responsibility is to help show other people and help them along the the path. That's what we're supposed to do is carry. Uh, Blank number two is carry. Carry each other's load. Carry each other's burdens. The next verse. There's a lot of one-liners in here because that's all chapter six really was. So we're just gonna work with all that. Each one should test their own actions. The next blank is test, test, test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else for each should carry their own load. The message says, make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you've been given and then sink yourself into that. The voice says it this way, each person has his or own burden to bear and story to write. You have your own story to write. Actually, let God write it. The third blank is test from that verse. Test yourself. Then he goes on to say, nevertheless, the one who receives instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. The next blank is share. That one's pretty easy, right? You learned that when kindergarten or maybe younger, two years old. Share, share, it's the right thing to do. So there's not much to say about that. It's one of the very first lessons you learned was share. Verse seven, I think it's verse seven. It's really small print. Verse seven, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. What a man plants, he will harvest. We talk a lot about planting. We used to have a garden back here. We, we know what it is to plant. The Bible says some people plant, some people water, and God gives the increase. What are you planting and what are you watering? You can either reap weeds or you can reap eternal life. The next blank there, blank number E, I guess, is sow. You could use sow or plant, but sow. And sometimes when you're in a dark place and you feel like you've been buried, Christine Kane says it this way, sometimes when you're in a dark place and you think you've been buried, you've actually been planted. So if you're going through a hard time and you, it feels dark, maybe you're just planted. Maybe you're not buried. And Elizabeth Elliot says, don't dig up in doubt what you planted in faith. Plant it in faith, water it in faith and see God give the increase. Don't dig it up in doubt. The next verse. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The voice says it this way, seize any opportunity the Lord gives you to do good things and be a blessing to everyone. That's pretty simple, right? Take the opportunities that are in front of you and be a blessing. The next blank F is from that passage, do good. Do good. 
It actually says don't become weary in doing good, right? Sometimes we get weary. Sometimes things feel like they're all falling apart, but you know what? They might be falling into place. The last few sentences there, he kind of starts to sum this up. And in the NIV, which is the translation that I gave you, it says, see what large letters I write, I use as I write to you with my own hand, which that's kind of weird. So the message says it this way. Now in these last sentences, I want to emphasize in the bold scrawls of my personal handwriting, the immense importance of what I've written to you. He reminds us this is important. Don't lose it. Don't wrap it up. Don't pack it away. Unwrap it, live it, use it. Those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. Circumcised is not your next verb, by the way. But he uses that a lot. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised so they may boast. Now that is our word, but not used like this. Your next blank is boast. They may boast about your circumcision. How weird is that? The New Living says, um, those who are trying to force you to be circumcised wanna look good to others. They only want you to be circumcised so they can boast and claim you as their disciple. They only have one motive, so they can boast of their success in recruiting you to their side. Guys, this is not about sides. Remember, he said, it's not about Paul, it's not about Apollo, it's about Jesus. That's the side that we're supposed to be on. It's not this church, it's not that church, it's Jesus. He makes it so simple right here. The voice says that they have bragging rights over your flesh. It ought not be so. The next verse says, may I never boast. Now this is what we're supposed to boast in. And the word for G is boast. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. It doesn't matter if you've been circumcised or not. That was an Old Testament ritual that they used to show that they were Jewish. It doesn't matter if you've been circumcised or not. What matters if you've been transformed into a new creation. The message says, don't worry about pleasing others and fitting into the little patterns that they dictate. I really want to encourage you guys to go look all these verses up, like in all these different translations, because it makes it so much more rich. Can't you see the central issue in all this? It's not what you do. It's not what I do. Whether we submit to or reject circumcision, we don't even need to be arguing about that. It's what God is doing and he is creating something totally new. Don't put anything above the cross of Christ. And Paul says it this way, let me be clear. Circumcision won't save you. Uncircumcision won't save you either. For that amounts, they both amount to nothing. 
And then he says, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule. And we just started talking about not following rules, right? But the rule he's talking about is the law of Christ, the law of love. And making sure the rule to follow is not to boast in anything that you do or anything you don't do. It's not about boasting that I'm better than someone. It's not about boasting that, oh, that person does that. I don't do that, so I'm better. It's not about that. It's not about what you do, and it's not even really about what you don't do. It's all about what Jesus did. And then he says, oh, that word, by the way, is boast, in case you missed it. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Sometimes I'm like, I don't even know what he means by that. So in the message it says, I like it the way, this, the way it says it here. Quite frankly, I don't want to be bothered anymore by these disputes. You ever feel like that? I know you do if you have kids. I'm done with it, right? I don't want to hear another word about it. That's what Paul's saying here. I am done with these disputes. I have, this way he says, I have far more important things to do. The serious living of this faith. That's what Paul, that's what Jesus calls us to do. The far more important things is living out this faith. And then he ends by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Or in the message, may what our master Lord Jesus gives us freely be deeply and personally yours. And that blank is grace. We're back to grace. We're back to grace. We're supposed to receive it, share it, and live it. Grace worked out in our finances looks like generosity. In our homes, it looks like hospitality. In our relationships, it looks like forgiveness. Instead of saying, I'm I'm only human, to excuse the works of the flesh or to walk in the flesh, Say, I'm saved is a reason to walk in the spirit. I think this goes back to chapter five again. He says, brothers and sisters, remember what to use your freedom for. You're called to freedom. Remember what you're supposed to use it for. Don't use it as an excuse to do whatever you want. Use it to serve each other in love. Jonathan Edwards says, love sums up the entire Christian faith. Love God, love others. So I wanna encourage you tonight to never go back. Don't go back to any kind of rule keeping. Don't go back to keeping tally marks. Just go back to Jesus. Go back to the love and the grace that he freely, freely extends to you. No do's or don'ts. No system of rules. Hold on to what Jesus already provided you by grace. He provided a new way of salvation. This whole old way of trying to keep all these rules, nobody could follow it. The only person who could was Jesus. So he gave us a new way. But you know what? It's actually really not a new way. It goes all the way back to the beginning. It's the way he always intended it to be for us to have a relationship When Adam and Eve messed it up, he called Abraham, started over. They couldn't follow it either. 
We're supposed to be spiritual children of faith. We enter his promises by faith in Jesus. Pastor Rob said it this way, and I really like this. He was talking about receiving your inheritance and the promises of God. If it's in his word and you're his, then it's yours. And that's what I kind of want to leave you with tonight. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.